0: Hi, thank you for listening to the Empire Podcast. We are so grateful for the love and support you've shown us over the past few episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us so that you can be notified when we release a new episode.
1: Three, two, one. Welcome back to Empire Podcast Episode 4. We're excited for everybody to be here and we have some special guests in the room. Why don't you say hi?
0: Hello.
1: Hi! There you go. I don't know if you were able to hear that last one, but you definitely have a fourth person in here. And so today we're going to be answering some of your questions. Thank you guys for answering me on uh, Instagram. Be sure to do that. We're going to set up a special system where you can get your questions and they can be more anonymous so you don't have to feel like you're being put on the spot. So with that being said, let me read this question. Is sickness from one's own sin or is it the devil or is it some random gray area? Garrett, do you want to start us off? Sure, that is a, uh, a
0: good question. And it's a complicated there a, question. Very complicated, a lot of gray areas in between that, but let's just go after, um, can my sin cause sickness? That's, that's one of the kind of things I got from that question is, can my sin cause sickness? And I like to say, yes, it can. Uh, one easy way for a lot of sickness and mental illnesses to come upon you and different ailments is unforgiveness and bitterness. And when you don't release forgiveness to other people that have done you wrong, it could be the most heinous crimes that they ever committed to you. And they surely probably deserve the death penalty. I'm sure they do. But the thing about it is forgiveness is not for the other person, it's for you. And when you hold this bitterness and unforgiveness, it actually takes a, a really heaviness on your soul. Mm-hmm. And what that creates is this is this crazy mindset of always having that person to back your mind, and you don't realize it, but that person's actually controlling day-by-day aspects of your life, even though you do not even realize it, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unforgiveness is definitely poison to the soul, and it really does... Hold you to a place where you're constantly meditating on anger, hatred, or whatever other negative emotion that was caused during that moment. Bitterness, sadness, all of that sort of stuff.
0: 100%. And here's just an example. So there's a psychologist. There, this woman went to a doctor, and she had all of these crazy ailments. I mean, it was multiple stuff. I don't remember all of it, but I know there was like crazy high blood pressure. She was, uh, uh, I, I want to say passing out at some times, not passing out at other times. She had anxiety all the time, depression. She had suicide. She had all these crazy ailments, and her body was doing all these crazy things. And the doctor did all these tests, did blood work, and they legitimately could not figure out what was going on with her. And so the doctor's like, hey, I don't know what's going on with you. I can give you all these medications, but we really don't know where the source is coming from. I suggest you go to a psychologist. And so the woman takes the advice of the doctor, goes to the psychologist. She gets into the room. In a couple sessions, they found she found out uh, that she had extreme bitterness, hatred, and unforgiveness to somebody that molested her, right, and did it multiple times. And that's horrible—death penalty, prison for life, give it all means. But what that was doing to her was creating all this hatred inside of her. And what that does is give the enemy legal access into you when you don't forgive. Jesus said, forgive uh, others like I have forgiven you. And when we don't forgive others, that legally gives the enemy access or it gives us in a mental state where it causes stuff on us. So we're going to fast forward. And after she did a couple sessions, she actually released forgiveness. She actually getting healing, she went after the healing, and she realized, hey, I don't have no more hatred, no more unforgiveness, no more bitterness. Guess what? All of her symptoms went away. How can you explain that? You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if you're a fan of different neurosurgeons or doctors, but there's a uh, doctor named Caroline Leaf, if you ever read her book, and she says there's like over a 1,000 illnesses, mental illnesses that has caused uh, uh the different diseases and sicknesses that are caused by your mental illness and it, she says she can conclude it all back for bitterness hatred and unhealing that we never got from our childhood or our present day
1: mm-hmm. and just to add to that point th- those things that are committed to other people are just absolutely horrible but one thing that, you know, God does for us when we face terrible things is that he says vengeance is mine. Yes. Vengeance isn't supposed to be for us because for us to try and take vengeance on other people's sins against us is poison to our soul. Yes. It doesn't actually cure anything. So God takes it upon himself to bring justice where we have been wronged. So if you have been wronged before, just pray and ask God to take vengeance on your behalf, whatever that may look like. And just get forgiveness for that person. Forget Get forgiveness for all that stuff because it you cannot handle the, the weight of doing justice the way that God does.
0: Yeah, exactly. And in fact, this is going to be an even harder one. I know they've done heinous crimes. The Lord even takes it one step uh, further. Yes, I say, you know what? Give it to God. It's like, Lord, vengeance is yours. You take, but also bless that person. Pray for that person. Like, Lord, I pray for healing for them so that they don't, manifested to someone else. I pray for healing that they have an encounter with you, God, so they can actually get the freedom that they need so they won't live in this body anymore. That's, that might be a prayer later on when you actually get in the steps of forgiveness. Don't rush everything. The Lord has a specific time for different things. And I think it's very necessary for yourself to pray for that person until you have the heart of God for that person. We can think anybody can do evil crimes, different things like that, but here's the thing. There, anybody can turn to Jesus at any moment, and we have to believe that even for the perpetrators in our lives.
1: Yeah, for sure. Very, very good example, Garrett. And zooming back out to that question, uh, does sin cause sickness? And I, I mean, yeah, just to kind of like generally generalize it, it's like, yeah, you know, having sex before marriage— Can cause sickness. You don't know who you're partnering up with. You know, random hookups, hookup culture, all that stuff can cause sickness. It can uh, deal deadly blows. You know, gluttony can cause sickness. It creates health issues. All that stuff. Um, Doing things, drinking too much, not being sober minded, smoking too much weed, all that stuff, and it's it can all lead to sickness and all lead to health issues. That yeah, one's own sin can do that. And I think for just like the whole question in general multiple things can be true at once is that yeah your sin can cause sickness yes the devil can be responsible for sickness uh even if you're doing everything right and so we definitely shouldn't just uh, say well no it's your sin well no i mean job was a righteous man and things happened to him that really shouldn't have and so we can't really say it's because of somebody's sin but a lot of times that does happen but we got to remember multiple things really can be true about this at once. And it's really complicated to just kind of hone in on one thing and say, oh, it's actually because you have hidden sin in your life. Well, maybe not. Maybe that they just make unhealthy life choices and they ate too many Twinkies last night. So they constantly have stomach issues. You know what I'm saying? And so we really got to be careful when just labeling these things as, you know, it's just your sin or the devil's just attacking you because, a lot of things can be caused just by doing general stuff. You you eat at a restaurant and you get food poisoning. You're out of work for a week. Was that your sin? Was that the devil? No, that's just some chef that poorly handled the food. And because of that, you got sick. So you got to be careful when you label these things. 100%. And when you're thinking it's constantly
0: the devil doing everything in your life, I think you're giving him way too much credit. I don't think he's as good as what you think he is. To be honest with you, if you have the focus of the enemy all the time, what are you always going to see you're always going to see darkness you're always going to see what what's going wrong with the earth so when you're seeing if you have if you're having sickness and constantly health problems and different things i would like you to go in your quiet place shut the door go in your room go wherever you feel the most uh you can get answers from god and ask the holy spirit to reveal to you hey what's going on is it my life choices is the enemy what is going on? why am i constantly feeling sick what's what's going on in my life and sometimes you might not get the answer right away maybe you might not get the answer that you're thinking of but i know that we have a big part to play in our in our healing and the first step is being self-aware of what's going on around us Mm -hmm.
1: that's true if you listen to uh, somebody like jordan peterson he talks extensively about his sickness and how just a simple change in diet almost cured him of 90% of his sicknesses. He said he had gum disease and at his age, I forgot how old he said he was either 55, 65, something, something around that. He says, I got cured just because I changed my diet, gum disease at that age. That's Mm -hmm. unheard of. You know, he had a bunch of autoimmune diseases and they all got cured once he changed his diet. And so really we got to look at these things from multiple standpoints of what, what is happening. OK, you really got to see it. Does it need to be a change in diet? Do I need to exercise more? Yeah. If you're stressed out drinking Red Bulls every day to stay alive, then yeah, you're probably going to have some health issues, kidney stones, things like that. Is it sin? Not really. Is it the devil? I wouldn't give him that credit, but I would say that it's just you're making bad choices with your health and you're really mismanaging something that God gave you. And so, like, why are you squandering All your time trying to drink Red Bulls and stay awake for like 18 hours a day when you should be sleeping and getting good amount of sleep and eating nutritious fruits and vegetables. Instead, you're eating junk. It's there's so many factors that go into sickness that it's really difficult to categorize it in one spot. Yeah, that's good. I like what you said. And that
0: and just going back, it's like when you align your yourself with the word and you actually live out what the word's talking about and accepting the value systems of it, you'll start to see a lot of different sicknesses, a lot of different ailments, a lot of stuff th- disappear. Why? It's because your mind is being renewed to the mind of Christ. Not You're not trying to renew your mind to someone else's mind, like Georgia Peterson. You're not trying to renew your mind to someone else. Your goal is to remove, renew your mind like Christ and walk like he did and talk like he did, the character of God, right? And so a lot of times when we actually align ourselves up to it, we'll start to see uh, God illuminating things in our life that we need to take care of, that we've never seen before. And if you just, like Michael was talking about, we just kind of make good choices. And I don't think our culture is ready to do that. I, I think we like instant gratification. I think we like 20 Red Bulls because we love the feeling of having energizing without sleep. We like uh, not getting any sleep at night. We like all this stuff because it gives us an an instant gratification of feeling this feeling, but yet it is screwing us over in the long run.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely. We should be careful to over-spiritualize stuff Mm -hmm. and try to make things where it's not true. It's like, well, if my sin and the devil didn't cause it, God must want me to be sick. And that's that's probably not true either. You know, there are times in the Old Testament where God does command sickness, but... For what reason would he command that over you? I, I don't think that we we are doing things responsibly when we attribute negative circumstances to God just because we are, uh, just because we did a mistake. You know, when when you like you were talking about the mental games that we play with ourselves creates sometimes things for us that we never would have had, and then we make the devil responsible or we make God responsible just because we have this shaming mindset that makes us uh feel like we're not performing up to the standard that we should be. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. yeah we, like, we, if we like to over-spiritualize, oh,
0: God created so I can be okay with it. Well, not necessarily. If it goes against the, uh, the word of God and the word of Jesus, and you're thinking God created it when he didn't, then you're creating the access point of being okay in the squalor and the pig pen that you created for yourself. So I don't think you need to automatically think it's the devil or, oh, God
1: did it. We, it, we like to blame those two people because it
0: removes responsibility on ourselves. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and it, it helps us explain things that sometimes are just unexplainable and things that we try trying to find answers for that there just aren't answers for. Sometimes. That's our problem.
0: That's our problem is we want to find answers to everything. And legitly, sometimes we have to be okay not knowing the answer in the moment so we can get clarity in the future yeah we have to because if you want i said this in the uh, podcast before but if you want peace of past understanding you have to give up your right in the moment to understand and trust in god and wait for clarity and not try to jump to
1: conclusions and create a weird theology that's not even lined up biblically Mm -hmm, definitely true and god is very okay with not giving us the whole picture and not answering our questions And that actually saves us a lot of trouble because if God answers every little question that you have, you're going to try and ruin the big picture by adding your perspective and trying to adjust God's perspective into things that you think are more helpful towards yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think God is very comfortable with leaving us in the dark and that makes us insecure and we feel like, oh, we need answers. We need answers. God's not talking to me. I must be doing something wrong. It's like, oh, let's just slow your roll for a second and really examine what you're saying. Because why, what are you praying that God's not answering? Are you saying, God, give me the answer to, you know, the meaning of life or why, why are these bad things happening, blah, blah, blah. And God's not answering that. Maybe because you have to understand that the weight of the responsibility of this knowledge would actually be a bigger burden than it would be a blessing trying to figure it out. And so sometimes you really I hate to say the cliche of let go and let God, but it really it's applicable to the situation because you really have to just sometimes let go of your need for answers in order to let God really do this the way that he's supposed to the way that he's wanting to.
0: Exactly. Proverbs uh, chapter three, uh, verse five and six, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding and always submit to him and he will make your path straight a lot of times the reason why God doesn't show us the whole big picture is if he showed you what you're actually created to do you would crush of the you would be crushed in the in your uh, current state of moment because you don't have the character you don't have the mindset and you don't even have the uh, imagination to actually see what God created you to do that's why a lot of times God shows you small things and little steps. He doesn't want to show you the whole big picture because you're not ready to see the whole picture. That's why you'll wait 20 years and realize, wow, I can't believe I'm in this position. I'm a writer. I'm an author. I'm on TV. I'm doing all this stuff. If he would have showed you that on your uh, insecure adolescent days, you would ruined it before it ever began. So go with the Proverbs and read that and just see you don't lean on your own understanding. and It'll mm-hmm. make your path straight.
1: Yeah, that's good. And I hope that answers uh, that question. To the best of our ability. There's so much more to explain, and there's really a whole lot more to go into with that. But uh, just to keep it simple, just to keep it general, that's I think I, we're pretty satisfied with answering that. And so we have time for one more question, and so we'll uh, answer the second one that we got, how to navigate being friends with unbelievers. That's like a total gear switcher right there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so how do we navigate... Being friends with unbelievers.
0: First of all, if you want to be friends with unbelievers, you have to know what you believe and what your value system is. If you don't know what you believe and why you believe what you believe, you'll crumble every time the opportunity comes and you're not secure in what God is created to be. So first, know who you are. Know you're a child of God. Know that you are supposed to live in a holiness and righteousness state of mind, that you're not to bow down to the, the worldly instant gratifications okay now you're feeling like a super christian now you feel like you can be in any place at any time you can go to clubs you can go anywhere now you're feeling super spiritual nothing's gonna bother you here's what you do with unbelievers you live your life authentically and when they when they ask you why you believe whether you believe you give them the honest answer the value system what you have and give it to them right and you live out the best way possible so, and another thing is like, why would the unbeliever trust what you have to say when you're back and forth all the time? Well, there's no, there, why, if you're, you're living halfway this way, halfway this way, you're, you say you believe in this, but everything contradicts it. They're not going to trust anything that you say. So stand firm in what you believe and live out authentically. Michael, what do you think about it?
1: That's true. Consistency is a big deal, as Garrett said. Uh, People aren't going to take you serious if you're not consistent. Because being in the South, we know a whole lot of people that say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. And yet they're wasted on Saturday before they hit church Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's already not going to be a very good demonstration to unbelievers. And we should be living our life in a way that does preach the gospel. And it's not to make ourselves sound better than everybody else, but it's really that you believe that you were born again and you believe that Jesus paid for it all. And you believe that he has forgiven you and he's called you to a higher lifestyle. And so you got to have self-control and you got to control yourself, even when you're put in difficult situations and shouldn't be hyper paranoid about unbelievers being around you because let's face it, you're going to encounter unbelievers everywhere you go. And so if you hear Beyonce on the radio uh, when you're at the store, you, you can't shrivel up and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm compromising so much right now. you got to be comfortable. You know, you have to be able to be like Jesus was and interacting with people that were in sin, but he himself was never sinning.
0: If, and you're if you're only interacting with Christians or whatnot people like-minded you're not doing yourself the justice you're living sh- in a bubble you're living in a bubble and another thing is it's like oh let your light shine to heal if your light is in a room that's always turned on then how is your light supposed to shine you know what I'm saying like I, I have no problem going to drug dealers house I've been there done that I don't I have no problem seeing cocaine marijuana, all this crazy stuff on the table when I'm messed drink or I'm at someone's house because I'm dropping someone. Why? Because I know who lives inside me and I know what I'm capable of, and I know my values. And I know when I leave that place, they're gonna feel the love of God no matter where I do. Whether they hear the gospel or whether I love on them and treat them like they respect the respect they deserve. Mm-hmm. And so that's that and that, that's another aspect of it. I've been to a place or a party where uh everybody was
1: I didn't know what was going to go on, but I went to
0: a party and a little pool party and everybody was smoking weed. And next thing you know it, they said they offered me some. It's like, no, man, I don't do that. And they explain why. Ask me why. I explain my values. Next thing you know, it I'm talking about the crazy things that God has been doing in my life for the last several years in different countries. Next thing you know it, the presence of God comes in that area. Also, the people that were high, their eyes were red. Stop being red. The Holy Spirit got them sober-minded. Next thing you know it, they're wanting to know more about Jesus and what they can, and how to have a relationship with Jesus. And was I judgmental? No. I don't care. Go ahead. Smoke the blood. I'm not going to stop you. Why? That's not my job. And next thing you know it, everybody put down the alcohol. Everybody put down the weed. And they were really intrigued about the genuineness of Jesus Christ and having a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And did I force anything? No. I shared my values. The Holy Spirit did the rest he still led me to other conversations. next thing you know, the Prince of God comes to the room and does the rest. Why does it have to be complicated?
1: You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it definitely doesn't have to be complicated at all. And you can, uh, people are very, it's going to come up in conversation. People are going to come, bring it up in conversation. Why are you a Christian? Oh, you know, everybody's got an opinion about church and about this and about that. It's going to come up in conversation regardless. So you can easily preach the gospel to a group of unbelievers uh, without even trying to force it, there. Really, all you got to do is be yourself, choose connection, enjoy the company that you're with, and don't be so self-righteous that you feel like you know you're with a group of untouchables. That's like if you touch them, you're going to be contaminated with their sin. Nah, you got to be you got to be self-aware enough to know that he who lives in you is stronger than the than the one that lives in the world. And so you can't just go walking around thinking that you're going to fall and compromise, but you also gotta be careful and use wisdom where you put yourself at. You know, you can't you know be partying in the trap house with the beer and post that on Instagram. Right. The lifestyle that you live is going to reproduce
0: the fruit that's gonna come from your life. And and you say, oh I want this from God. I want that from God. I want all this crazy stuff that God promised you. It's like, well, he promises this, but it's the lifestyle that we live for him in connection with him that gives that lifestyle and you're living a double minded life. Don't expect a lot of fruit to come from your life because you don't have power and authority. And when you're double minded, that's just where it comes from. You don't, you can't.
1: Yeah. So, so I hope that answers uh, your question. Uh, There was a loud noise earlier, but I think it's gone now. I hope that answers your question and you um, are satisfied with that response. But uh, any, any closing thoughts? Well, yeah,
0: I just want to say thank you for everybody that's reached out and said that I like the podcast and everybody that's uh, just really watching and really staying tuned, giving this positive feedback. Like you do, keep, keep if you have any more questions, you want us to say, uh, tackle anything, go ahead and message me or Michael, uh, anything like that. And thank you. Keep on watching. Tell your friends. And yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you. You girls got anything to say? That was a good word. I was honored to listen to that. That's oh, great. Powerful. I'm glad you liked it.
0: Thanks for listening. We have a new episode every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern time.